And welcome back. Adam? That's right, we sure do. Tell the folks at home who's with us today. We have our friends from the IndieConic Night of the Chihuahuas. Nate, welcome back, sir. Hello. And we got our new friend, Josh. How are you? Hello. All right, Nate. Uh, I'll let you talk about Night of the Chihuahuas for a hot minute. Because I know we're... Let's just give people a refresher about uh, what Night of the Chihuahuas is. So Night of the Chihuahuas is a horror comedy, um, independent comic. Um, it's a five-issue series. We've completed issues one and two. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. We finished issue three. Um, and there is some, uh, what, what's a good word, Josh? Precautions we're taking. Kind of being smart about how to move forward. Um we're very much doing this all on our own. We don't have a ton of industry experience and um, learning a whole lot on the way. Uh, right before we got on, uh, we kind of remembered that we haven't even been doing this a year. And we've, we've made some mistakes. We've made some, we've gained some ground. And um, yeah, it's just a fun story about mutant chihuahuas. Uh, crossing the border into the United States and destroying a small town. So, yeah. Very Which nice. is a great comic, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I say we've, uh, we've got the first couple of issues we've read of. We've, uh, you know, we talked about on the last show, but it's just a fun story. That's, it, it's what comic books needs. Uh, a lot of people are kind of sick of what the mainstream comics are putting out right now. And, you know, let's, let's call it what it is, getting into too many politics, too many not superhero, not fun stuff that people get into. The reason people go to comic books. And you guys are doing what comic books are there meant to be. They're a fun story. They're, they're meant to be fun. They're meant to be a little bit of an escape for people. And that's what it is, and that's why it's a fun book. So, uh, But since last time we talked to you guys, have been on the, the Comic Con trail. Uh, how did that go? Um, let me see. Well, Axe, Josh, why don't you jump in? You, you, you uh, Josh came down and joined us uh, at Phoenix Fan Fusion. And um, what, what, how was your experience? It was my second con, first time ever having a booth at one. For second time ever experiencing one, it's pretty overwhelming. I think they were saying there was around 100,000 people walked through the door the first Friday. So, you know, we were just kind of overwhelmed by a lot of people. We had a good response, really good response. I thought we did fairly well on, on, on getting it out there, sales, and a lot of people showed a lot of interest in it. Um, I wouldn't mind doing it again. I, I think it was a great opportunity for us. Um pretty fun but i mean i mean for the first one for us you know at a big event i think the next one will go a little smoother and the one after that will go smoother you know so we get the gist of it and get in the swing of things but oh i think overall it was a great experience oh yeah Comic-Con's a different experience that's for sure <laughs> i mean we did we did um this we were speaking on a little bit of this before um is you know we I didn't know what to expect, and I ordered too much for Phoenix Comic Con, Phoenix Fan Fusion, and um, 
you know, how are, how are you supposed to know your first big con, what you need? You know, I didn't go super crazy, but we have some leftover stock we sold. Maybe a third or a half of what we ordered. So um, right now we have several cons lined up, and we're doing good at each thing we go to. It's a very positive response, like Josh was saying. People are interested. Um, usually get a, a pretty good laugh out of people when you tell them what it's about. Um, you know, like Josh said, it's it's kind of just moving forward um, and attacking some of these other events, and um, hopefully we can get to some different cities to some of the bigger ones and, and kind of expand our footprint. Now, and I hope you do get to do that because um, – we don't have you guys out here. It was it was awesome that you know Nick found you guys, but um, the the artwork in this, the fact that like one of the only colors is red and it's been black and white. I mean, it's just it's just there's bones, there's blood. You know what I mean? This is like a this is like a whole just brand new thing, and it's very refreshing. I love it. I was actually trying to get this to run through my Facebook, but it wasn't working out for me, so I had to come. <laughs> so I apologize. Yeah. How many stores were we're in? How many stores, Nate? I think twenty-two in three states. And three states, okay. We're trying to. It's 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 interesting. I don't know. I mean, if I can talk on this, but it's. I I, I was getting really frustrated with store owners for a little bit because you have store A pick it up right, and they would be very enthusiastic, you know, pay in cash, we work out a deal with them, and I guess there's like an industry standard, um, which I found out is not true, because it really depends on who owns the store, and what, you know, there's a store that I know of, I'm not going to say anything, that's giving us 100% commission, uh, you know, not cutting any deal, they're just happy to have us in the store, that's fantastic, but I, when shop owners would say that we can't be in their store, they didn't want us, I was like, well, we're selling out at store A, what makes it so different that you can't even see us doing that? And it, it might have been Josh that educated me. I'm not going to keep blowing up Josh's uh, ego here, but <laughs> about demographics. You know, if you go to different places, the store owners know their customers. And you can't pick up something that your customers won't buy. I thought it was a matter of like, okay, we've got nine of the Chihuahuas, and they say, hey, we've got this new indie, you might want to check it out. You know, if we've sold out of, I think, six stores in the past couple of months, I guess, to me, that's kind of a big thing. And then some places are like, no, no, we don't want you. And um, Yeah, some places is, are not on the catalog. Uh, I think, what is that, Diamond puts out that catalog. I think there's a couple other ones that, you know, they have the list that goes out to the shops. If you're not on that, a lot of places don't want to do any business with you. But I've noticed since corona, the corona happened, more and more shops are having a bigger indie section. And, it, sure. and the indie section starting to explode. You know, the, I, there's a shop in Sacramento that I'm going to say a little more than half their shop is indie. It's a great, you know, indie place. But like I'm saying, it's the demographical where it's at and, the, and what they're going to sell. But a lot of places are starting to support indie. Some of them, you know, they just want to go with the major labels. you got to be on the list, which is fine. I guess that's their business model. But, I mean, for us learning, it was it was 
you know, just walking to each store, you know, making yeah. phone calls, introducing yourself. Is, and is that what it takes to get your book in the store? You go to, you make personal visits to a store and I, things like I that? I go in there, yeah. I personally okay. go in there. And, big, you know, and it's always going to be up to the shop owner. So then, then then you're playing that game of, okay, when is he going to be here? And you get their email and they don't want to respond. And then, you know, you finally get in there on a day while they're there. And then, you you know, ask them for five minutes of their time to just look, check out the book. You know, yeah. because a lot of people before they even some people will say no before they even look at it. But once they look at it and be like, oh, you really have something here. You know, we'd like to carry, you know, then you start feeling more and more confident for the stores that you go to. But it's definitely meet and greet and just the time going in there and trying to make those relationships with the stores. OK, cool. Yeah, no, I uh, I just had a heart. The two stores that I deal with here, you know, um, just I've known them for a while, but that doesn't matter. They're always, the owners have always been like the nicest, warmest, you know, kind of people towards at least me. So it's uh, kind of weird to hear like some store owners, like maybe out close to the, I don't know, but have like a diva, like type, no, I don't want to see your, I don't want to see your comic. It's like, well, man, you, you just sold, you just sold Spider-Man and you sure as shit didn't write Batman. So what is it yeah. going to hurt you? <laughs> So I well, I, I, I'm just, I just a fan. Got, yeah, I, I just got back into comics. So I, at my local shop, I was like, hey, you know, obviously I want to support my local shop. And I'm like, um, I'm like, hey, I don't notice. I know. So you don't have any spawn stuff. Would you order, you know, some spawn? He's like, oh, I don't order indie stuff. And I'm like, it's spawn. Like <laughs> image. I mean, I know it's image is supposed to be like sort of indie, but it's not it's spawn like i'm like yeah. i'm willing to give you money for this if you ha if you happen to order it for me and uh, yeah certain certain people i'm just like do you not want to make money i like i know like the comic industry is pretty tough but i'm willing to give you money for something you know for this product you just have to get it for me and you know it's just like no i'm, I'm like all right well i'll go to some place that will you know, and yeah. and especially if you're an indie comic guy, like like I said, a lot of people are kind of not happy with you know, let's call them the big two, what they're putting out, and are looking for something different. And Josh, as you said, a lot more stores are starting to you know not just you know let them be in there, but stock uh, indie comics. Yeah. You know, if I was one of those, if I owned one of those stores where Night of the Chihuahuas was selling out i would reach out and say is there a way to get you guys here this holiday weekend at least for a day for signing we'll make a day of it that'll get people into the store i mean if everybody if your book sold out i mean at least half of those people are going to come back and get it signed you know yeah. and two it's you know any any materials a lot more than the mainstream right so you might pay eight twelve bucks for any comic when you can go buy one, you know, one of the other ones for four to five bucks. So then, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you had a certain, like, let's say you had 20 bucks or a kid had 20 bucks and he was going to go to a comic book store, is he going to buy four, you know, four mainstream comics, two, or is he going to go try to get an indie? I mean, you don't know. It's That's the whole thing with this indie. You don't know. It's hard right. to gauge of what you're going to sell. And how much inventory we really need, and what you know, and you don't want to be stuck with tons. Um, okay, 
Yeah, Josh, I'm happy you brought that up because that's one of the things I think people don't really think about when it comes to comic books in general. You know, once again, you know, the, the artists and writers for, you know, the bigger books, they don't have to worry about how much paper costs or how much the printer costs. Those are all things that you guys have to take into account. And like I said, that's why, the, you know, it's not even a markup. That's just what you guys have to be at to, you know, at least make, make a few bucks off the book. Uh, can you guys talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, I, I believe Diamond. Uh, when when you go with them, I think it's a minimum of fifty thousand. I mean, I may be wrong. Somebody can tell me something different, but it's a very high number. To where uh, we're doing we're doing smaller runs. We know we might do a hundred, five hundred. I think a thousand might be a, our our biggest run. So the price markup on a small runs like that is a, is a lot of money. Now, if you, we don't have, we're not artists by any means, or we don't claim to be. Um, <laughs> so now you have to hire an artist, right? So you go to Marvel, I and mean, if you know or an artist you like, it doesn't have to be Marvel or DC, but a well-known artist, they're going to charge you. You know, they're going to get paid from us just as much as the big guys are paying them. It's their standard. So then that, our price goes up again on that. You know, that's what makes the indie comics a little more money, or if not double the price of a regular comic. But you're getting better. I think you're getting better material, and they're not confined to the limits that these big guys are putting on. They can, you know, we give them freedom to do whatever they want. You know, we have a scope, but they can pretty much be as creative as they want to be. Yeah, and, and well, and let's not be, you know, let's talk about the price of comics. I'm holding uh, Andromeda and Aquaman Andromeda too. It's a DC Black Label series. It's a $7 book. It's not like comic books, like the Main Street comic books, are staying cheap. You know, so I, if anything, I think you got, well, what, let's just say, what, what are you guys charging about per issue to, to stay, um, to, to stay there's, there's most of the mainstream guys? We're staying at $10. Okay. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not a huge, a, you know, it's not like how it used to be back in the day where it was, you know, all the comics were, you know, three, maybe four, maybe five dollars. Now you're talking the average price of a book. Like you said, even if it's kid, even if it's teenager walks in, they got 20 bucks in their pocket. There's options. You know, they might be able to walk out with two indie comics or maybe maybe three mainstream books, you know. So it's, I think it's, uh, you know, for me, you know, there's a touch of that sticker shock. But if you like think about it, you know, for like two seconds, be like, you know, hey, it's not the best economy. Prices for everything are going up, which means, you know, and like I said, there's probably printers who might not even deal with you, let alone distributors, not even comic book stores who might not deal with you because they want to deal with guys who are doing, you know, the 50,000 print run. So you got to actually find even the, the printers who are willing to do the smaller runs for you. And like I said, you're kind of, you guys are kind of getting stuck a little bit there too. So, you know, I, I just want this to be a... a you know, a, a little bit open, not necessarily, but, you know, transparency, but just say, hey, man, for these guys who are putting out these comics like you guys on your own, you know, it's rough. And, and that's why I, I really like having you guys on because I because I'm learning at the same time, like just because I'm I, I love the, the soups, the, uh, you know, soup, soups and nuts, uh, the whole process. So and that's one of the things that I, I think a lot of people really don't understand or appreciate where. Yeah, they're used to going there grabbing their Marvel or DC book, but you know, the indie comic like how much, you know, 
blood, sweat, and tears that it takes to get you know the indie book out there. And it's the, I mean, the, the one thing is, I mean, if you guys might already know this, but if you're selling, you know, uh, a, a comic to, you know, however many copies across the nation to every comic book store as Image, Marvel, or DC, and you make a dollar in each one, well, yeah, you can keep your costs down. We're, you know, we're in 22 stores. Hooray! You know, we go to Comic-Cons. And people do. They're like, do you want $10? Like, yeah, we're indie. We're trying to finish the series. You know, you've got to pay the artists. You got to pay for printing. I mean, there's there's taxes. Like, there's all kinds of real costs. When I came in, I thought like, I, this guy's gonna draw a picture on this paper. I'm gonna turn around and sell it to this guy, and it's gonna be it. It's gonna be great. You know, and it's it's not at all like that. Um, so, yeah, we, and this is where Josh has come in in a really strong way. Because Josh has a business background, and he's making me slow down. Like I said earlier, I'm I'm kind of all gas, and Josh's brakes, <laughs> and, um, and or or, like, or or maybe Josh has a couple different gears in between. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's but it's it's the the learning of it, and this is something really cool that I found out is um, so I found out something about like Image Comics is that they right, and I guess they can do this with any variant, but they base how they work with the artists off of sales of these variant covers. Mm -hmm. So if you're um, artist A and your cover doesn't meet a certain goal, well, you're not going to be welcome back to the party. Um, and Josh, Josh has me going back through what we've sold, how much of what we sold when, and like breaking it down like, okay, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this new artwork by uh, DJ Kerchek. Um, he came on board. I'm going to kind of skip around here for a second, but with the point, um, it, it's a it's a you know a ferocious looking dog on a black background. Um, the guy he's going to work for Image, um, I think, on like Todd McFarlane's personal team, and um, he Josh, you know, is making me track like okay. You know, we we know we paid for it, and the, the guys was very kind to us, very cool, um, and he, yeah, thank you, um, and you know, but Josh wants to know, like, okay, well, <laughs> that's great. He was he helped us out, and I'm not gonna say but, I'm gonna say and, because it's they're both simultaneously true, and you know, how much are we making from that? And then we can go back and look through each one of these things, and. Um, it's it's all a big learning experience because it really comes down to and that's in bolts like are we making money i want to make a comic book that's my goal is to finish this book and i'm learning along the way well like you know you need you know you need a hundred dollars for a copyright you need um I, I can't think of costs right now but there's there are real costs and it's not like you know we all just skip into the distance like no, you need to pay attention to what you're doing, Nate. <laughs> so it's it's a uh, they're kind of hard lessons to learn. And I mean, like I you know Josh said, don't say it, but I I I did. I ordered too many comics, and I don't feel horrible for that. It's just a learning mistake. It's well, I'm pretty positive we'll sell them. It's just going to take time. So um, I'm trying to have a lot of talking. To them. No, I think that's fantastic. I mean. 
how hard is it to go out and find a number one of something? And once this blows up, number one's back out. I mean, at least there's a use for it for sure. And we, I mean, just recently we had a couple offers on somebody wanting to buy the property, um, which is cool. I mean, to me, that shows that we're making something that is, that has interest and, um, you know, the, the movie rights got brought up at one point, and it's like, that's cool. I mean, if somebody made a movie and we got to keep the comic book, well, that's like free marketing. <laughs> right. 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 So I'm, I'm looking at Josh. Josh looks very smug. Maybe I should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you need to want to add to that, Josh. <laughs> Just make sure you get the Jack Nicholson deal and get the, get the merchandise. Yes. Yes. That it, it, it is. I would say it is cool. We're we're actually building something that people are noticing, um, and that that feels good. That is fantastic. Well, Nate, we, we were talking uh, earlier this week about topics that we want to bring up. Uh, there is one thing you were getting some positive, but also some negative. Uh, we were talking about about you guys actually having to learn how to protect your your guys's IP uh, if you want to maybe talk about that briefly for a second. I don't know if there's anything I want to talk about that right now. Okay. Um, uh, well, I, well, how, some... how about, how about this? Just maybe <laughs> if, if there, if there's, uh, you know, other independent comics out there, maybe some of the steps that they should possibly uh, take, uh, to, to help protect the things that they've got going. I would say like you have everything in writing with any kind of partnerships you have with anybody, whether it be your own partners, outside contractors, artists, whatever, make sure that everything's in writing because communication and misunderstandings is, breaks everything, right? So as long as yeah. everybody's clear on what, what's happening and it's in writing, so somebody, you know, make sure it's signed. And that's like that part of it. And then you definitely need copyrights and you know, make sure you own, you know, you're independent. You want to own everything, right? You want your own publishing. Uh, you want to do your own distribution, you know, until it becomes a point. But you want to have everything. You want to own everything. It's almost like the music industry in a way, um, which, I, you know, I was part of that for a little while. It's, you want to own everything on an independent level. It's, it's just easier for you to do stuff. And with comic books, there, you know, and then comes the animations to the movies to shirts to hats to stickers to dolls toys you know and everything you know all that swag stuff is you know all the cool stuff you want to collect yeah you know I mean? and it's and, and and i just sent you something nick it's kind of a joke um that i i uh, took a screenshot of i don't know if you want to put it up but um i mean like josh said copyright I, i'm a writer so one of my mentors is like you can have ideas all day until you put it on paper. It doesn't really matter. Well, as in the world of screenwriting, you have an idea and you can even write. Oh, it's eight pros. <laughs> oh, am I here? Yeah, you're there. You're, uh, go back like a couple seconds because you, you, you froze up there for a second. So I was going to say, as a writer, you, you, can, you have to write your ideas down, and you can't copyright an idea. 
So you have to expand that idea. So a lot of times I'll start with just a sentence, then I'll create a synopsis. And then, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Just what Josh is saying, if you're going to publish yourself, I just saw that. I was laughing. Um, but to, to when you get to, like, the side of a treatment and you copyright your whole story, then you know you have that portion safe. Well, going into comic books, there's so many layers of stuff that you need to protect yourself with. Um, and I would just say be smart, you know, like, I don't know how to say it. You got to be aware of your surroundings trust. to speak to, to a no, I mean, you got to have, you got to have, I'm sorry, you, you got to have trust and faith in who you're working with. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, if you can't trust someone or if they lose your trust, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to continue to work with someone like that. So protect you know. the inner circle for sure. And if someone's not, yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so what's the, the future looking like for Night of the Chihuahuas moving forward? So I know uh, you said kind of got basically what, like a issue two and a half uh, completed and uh, for, I know that there, was, that was, there that was, is a two and a half that is completed. Right? <laughs> That's kind of a joke. That was right. like part joke, part uh, frustration. Um, yeah, but we, we, we have all the artwork. Um, Morales, who did the artwork on issue three, uh, we finished that. We, we've got a really strong cover from him. And um, we. I think the game plan right now is, even though I hate it, is to take it easy. Just take it slow. We're not in any rush. We don't have, we're, we're not working for anyone. And I think it's a big lesson to learn is like, we can still make progress without running. Josh is, Josh is more, you know, like I said, the brakes and the gears in between. He's like, let's just take it easy. Mark, um, who's our other partner and my wife, we're all in the mindset of just slow it down. We came out of the gates running, and we impressed people by how well we did. And since we don't have to meet anybody's standard, we're we're moving. Just not we're not. Uh, I don't know. How would you say it, Josh? We're soaking in all the stuff we learned in the last what eight nine months. So almost in a year. Sounds like you're thing. on the journey. We're on the journey, definitely. Yeah. I, I actually I have a question for you, Josh. You um, you mentioned earlier you want to own everything. And one of the things that you said as an indie, uh, as an indie comic book um, was distribution. You mentioned uh, you want to have your own distribution. So I have a question about that. Now, there was a number you talked about earlier about, like, if Diamond were to – you, you know, distribute for you. It has to be something like really astronomically high, but like on a smaller le level, say you had a comic book store uh, in another state, it could be any state away from you. How do you get your, how do you get your product to there? Can you just use the FedEx? Can you just, that's what it would be. We, we okay. ship them out. We definitely ship them out. Um, you know, a lot of them go, you start with the email to the calls and, 
you know, we have digital copies we can send them to look at before they can make a purchase. And we'll, sh yeah, we definitely ship them out. Do you, do you sell digital copies as well? Not yet. Okay. We have we have one available online, but we haven't made it. We're we're once again we're gearing up for our Kickstarter that we haven't done yet. <laughs> um, we have a meeting this we have a meeting this weekend, and um, one of the things that bothered me about Kickstarter was paying for shipping out of the money that we make. So I've been doing research on a company called BackerKit, and um, funny enough, somebody that we're in contact with. He's like, oh, I, I, he's had several successful Kickstarters. He's like, I can help you. That's exactly what we needed. <laughs> so uh, we are looking to put the digital copy out with that Kickstarter. I think that's fantastic. Nick has said on, on the show, he said, I think he said earlier today, um, but, you know, I'm the digital guy, and, and, and he's like physical comics. I love physical comics, too, but I, I discovered digital when I didn't have time. And now when I need that story or that dopamine release in my brain, so to speak, like the digital world, like there's my comic book right here, you know, and I can read it and I'm gone to the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not watching social media, man. <laughs> how, much, um, how much time do we have um, left? I don't know. As long as, as, long as you need, Nate. Josh, you gotta go anytime soon. Oh, okay, good. I, I just I I wrote down a couple of things that I wanted to 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 mention. Yeah, um, great. So, um, Night of the Chihuahuas is actually under the banner of Pork Chop Express. Uh, do you guys know the reference for Pork Chop Express? Big Trouble Little China. Yes. I, I hope. I hope. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What, so, what, what, that, one of my one of my favorite movies, yeah. Yeah, so um, was it Jack Burton? Yeah, Jack Burton. Jack Burton I, will tell you. I'm I, and I meant, I meant to bring that up actually on the last show. I was like, someone's a big trouble in Little China fan, but uh, oh, that's right. But, yeah. but, but it's also one of those things I was like, or maybe that's not what it's about. Maybe just real like pork chops. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. So. Uh, Pork Chop Express is kind of our uh, company that is the publisher. Is that right, Josh? Publisher distribution. Yeah. So, um, one, we wanted to plug Pork Chop Express uh, today. Um, we have an Instagram. We're not doing any active marketing for that, but we do have other projects under that banner that we are um, going to start moving forward on. Um, there's a project called Killer Hair. It's about a, uh, a girl, woman whose hair gets possessed, and she starts <laughs> her hair starts to kill people, uh, not without her consent sometimes. So um, it's yeah. There you go. Um, oh yeah, there you go. If you can scroll down, um, there's a picture of a bloody knife attached to some hair. Right there. Oh, oh shit. If you go back up, oh, actually, on the left. This one? Yeah. There we go. So, um, yeah, so the, it's called Killer Hair. Um, it's meant to be a horror comedy as well. I, this is a project that I wrote. Um, and we, we've got an artist already. Uh, her name's Cora. And um, 
Cora and I met kind of by chance, and uh, we talked a little bit. I pitched her the idea, and she immediately just started spouting off with all these ideas of what you can do visually, and it was so bizarre and awesome. At the same time, I was like, I want to work with this person. <laughs> so um, we have that. Like, like you're weird. I like it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She, she's, she's quirky, uh, but I, I think it's in a good way. And um, I, the, the, the four of us for Pork Chop are really looking forward to stepping away from out of the Chihuahuas at some point and starting a project from um, the beginning because Night of the Chihuahuas started in 2012 and it's, had, it's kind of had a rough history. So we're hoping to finish strong. And then move into this project in February is the, the goal. So I don't know if you want to go back to the Park Shop page, but then I could mention another project. Scroll up. Up, up, up. To the top row. And the guy in the middle. This is a character. His name is uh, Oz. Um, in reference to the Wizard of Oz, and the project is called Mind the Gap. Um, it's a coming-of-age story. It's not a comedy, funny enough. Um, there's a couple images there, but it, uh, it, um, it's about this kid as he grows up, and it, it has to do with um, uh, Charles Dickens' uh, story, but it's told, in, obviously, in a different context. So, um, yeah, we're, if you guys, if anybody's watching... Um, and you guys would please follow us on uh, Porkchop EXP55. It's our Instagram. And uh, yeah, we hope to be back with you guys here on the Escape and uh, give you updates on that as well. That's awesome. I'm looking for it right now. I'm pretty. I'm pretty psyched about Killer Hair. I'm not gonna lie, because I know you were telling me about that a little while ago. I was like, that sounds ridiculous, and I love so much of that. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. And Oz. It sounds like a little more, yeah, like I said, kind of Charles Dickens, so a little bit different uh, from some of the other stuff, but it all sounds, you know what it sounds? It sounds like good storytelling. It sounds like, like good good stories. Well, that's, that's, that's what I care about. What? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I just followed you on the Instagram, and I happened to look at the pictures, and then there's one where there's a, there's a girl with a bunch of the comic books. Is that an alternate cover a jaws cover is that a jaws cover yeah how do i how, how do oh, i get yeah. one how do i get one <laughs> you can get it on the website we can send you one really the website real quick <laughs> yeah I, I posted all of our um if you go back to the instagram you can see all of our covers on there for um, yeah as I do, I do. We, we even made it. Want me to share my screen? Do you want me to share my yeah. screen so everybody can see? Oh, you're doing it, Nick. There you go. Oh, yeah. So if you go back up, those are, oh, go back. Those are all of our Night of the Chihuahuas covers. I tried to post them all next to each other. Um, uh, this, this is one of my favorites. I love the. That, we, uh, Jason, who comes on our show, he would love that. So would Patrick. Yeah, some, there's uh, a, the, some biggie vibes there. Yep. Yeah. We call that uh, Chihuahua Smalls. Yeah, um, and Albert really he did a good job on the. That was kind of an idea between him and I uh, for the uh, the Godzilla one. We call that Chizilla. Um 
and we, we have that in red and in gold. And um, funny enough, um, I have some friends. Uh, actually, Josh kind of uh, instigated this whole event, but um, we made we, we have some mock-ups of some shoes. If you scroll, I say, up. I, I say I saw the shoe post the other day. I was like, are they putting out shoes? Because I might need these. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> gonna, the idea is to do a raffle. Like very limited and raffle them off to try to generate some more revenue. Josh, I'm just saying, size 13 might want to order size. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to jump back really quick into the storytelling because, like pork chop, we have multiple stories. Um, you know, David Kiddos continues to work with us uh, beyond Night of the Chihuahuas. He has a bunch of awesome stories, and we want to expand this into storytelling. Um, and using comic book kind of as a medium. Um, I have a story that I, I, I was in the military. I go out to the base, um, and I, I, I was on the base, and I, I was looking around, and I was like, you know, military wives don't get enough love, you know, in, in the world. They don't, they don't get, so I, I came up with an idea about this bizarre occurrence on the base. I'm not going to say too much because I'm going to have this, this writ, copywritten, but um, it deals with military wives who, like, basically hate each other, having to band together to overcome darkness. I'm just going to leave it like that. Evil. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's it's meant to be fun. And this, Josh Josh has a story. I don't know if he wants to say anything. <laughs> so the idea is, is if we could evolve a bit and not have to worry about so much, like, trouble and just work and make projects will be able to start working on these stories more. I think, is that right, Josh? Yeah, definitely. So I think all of us have an idea that we want to do. And Night of Chihuahuas was already kind of, it was there when we took it over. Now we just got to see it through. And, and that's, you know, we're learning the industry, we're learning the business, and then we can start putting out our own material and maybe acquire some other cool ones here and there. So it sounds like there's an end game to Night of the Chihuahuas. Yeah, after book five, that it's done. Unless we, the animation happens or right, right. somehow, you know, all of a sudden another five come out or something. But it's your first project as an indie company. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. It is. And I, I've always kind of had this dream of, like, you know, if we with comics for Night of the Chihuahuas, if we broke even, that would be cool. And somebody came in and wanted to buy the movie rights or buy video game rights for merchandising. You know, we are slowly getting more of a following. But if something like that, then that might be where the money comes in. You know, we get X amount of dollars and we say, okay, now we can do killer hair without so much trouble. And we can focus on just progressing the story and we take all the lessons we've learned from Night of the Chihuahuas and apply them in a healthy way to furthering, yeah, the whole, the whole deal. Killer Hair well, needs to be taken to Hulu or Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's a show, there's a movie called Bad Hair, and I had written Killer Hair before Bad Hair came out. And, there, you know, there's like a saying, there's nothing new under the sun. Bad Hair, in its own way, is awesome. And, but it's a totally different story than what I'm trying to tell. Um, so I think it's you're allowed to do that, right? Right. There's movies that come out that are similar. But yeah. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
And I, and I just want to plug this real quick. I just, this is an indie that I picked up recently, Golden Rage. Okay. Oh, it, yeah. It's, it's an image title. Um, it is like the Golden Girls meets uh, survival horror. Um, <laughs> and I like it. There's there's a panel in there, and this large woman destroys some other women, and she holds she holds out her hand very much like Terminator, and says, "Come with me if you want a bath." <laughs> <laughs> They had me sold at that point. I just, I just had to throw that. Customer for life, huh, Nate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I say, since we're on the uh, topic, I picked up uh, Gutter Magic number one, and this is from Comics Experience. Never saw it, but I am a, a, a steampunk guy, so I like uh, pretty much anything steampunk. I'll, I'm at least going to pick up and take a look at So. Uh, not too much going on, but it is a, a world that's, you know, magic and it's got goblins and all different types of, uh, magical beings. And so far it's a fun book, uh, enough for me to say, I'm going to check out issue number two. So, but yeah, it's, uh, anything steampunk I'm, I'm pretty much down for. I plugged this guy to, uh, Cloud Town by Daniel McCloskey. All right. Yeah. This is a graphic novel. And this dude's attention to detail is bizarre. Like, I've never had more fun looking in each panel for, like, little hidden clues. Um, I, I've had a little trouble with some of his transitions, but the story is just so different and so much fun. Um, so I'd recommend this to people if you haven't checked it out. Fantastic. Sounds good. I'm the, I wrote that one down. So. And that's the thing. I, that, this is the fun of comics is just finding all the different stuff because – you know, if, uh, you know, I hate to keep harping up, but it's like there's a lot of stuff that the main scene, mainstream comics are doing that I have no interest in. So I think a lot of people are looking for doing different things. It's one of the things that, that you know, that we try and do in our show is like, you know, try and keep an eye on the mainstream, but also, you know, see what else is out there. So and that's what, one of the reasons that I, I was so happy that uh, you and I linked up when you did. I mean. It was just a simple message on Instagram. It's like, hey, what's it take for uh, you guys to review our comic? I was like, ask? I don't know. <laughs> no, but some some people, like, I've tried to reach out and people don't respond or, you know, they forget or, you know, they're busy. I feel like some people are kind of diva-ish, you know. Well, I have mm. I have 11,000 followers. Like, <laughs> oh, I... Oh, okay. Can you put us on your thing? That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of the same thing. We're, you know, we are just uh, not even, barely even a blip on YouTube. Kind of, we're sort of in the same boats. We're trying to, you know, grow what we got going on. And, you know, I've reached out to a couple of, you know, other YouTubers that are on the smaller scale, but talking about similar stuff. Like, hey, do you want to collab or just, you know, talk about whatever? And like I said, goose egg from anybody. I was like, look, man, you got like, 10,000 followers, like, calm down. Like, you know, easy there. You know, we're, we're not talking about, you know, was it Cutie Pie or whatever. It's not like I'm asking Cutie Pie. I was like, hey, man, you just want to talk, get on a stream and talk about action figures one night. Not a big deal. But, yeah, I, I, I trust me, I, I understand. We're just like... But also, at the same time, you know, you start to get all those spammers on, uh, on Instagram. Be like, hey, do you want to, like, rep my jewelry? I'm like, 
I wear like one piece of jewelry. I was like one watch and a ring. I'm not sure where I look like the jewelry guy, but maybe Adam. Adam, you have any interest in repping some jewelry? Yeah, if they want oh, to right. pay for it. I'll wear <laughs> I'll wear I'll bling. And I was like, I'll 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 show up like NASCAR, man. I don't care. Yep. If the price is right, we can pierce the lip. <laughs> we get we get ones from people with doggy clothing. They're like, Oh, your oh, dog yes, is so cute. Yeah. Like, the dog, the like, dog ones are bad, yeah. Our dog is, is a drawn dog with, like, fierce pincher jaws. Like, <laughs> it's like, our dog's not real. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's just, because, just because I put Chihuahua in the uh, hashtag doesn't mean I actually have a dog. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Well, something you, you guys are saying, too, about comics, you know, a lot of the main superhero arcs are kind of played out. There, I mean, there are fun ones, but did um, and I brought this up. You guys seen Day Shift? Yeah, I I, I, I watched it the other day. It's on uh, it, Netflix. I wonder if that was a comic book. It was ridiculous. It was over the top. It it was uh, I don't I don't want to say this the wrong way, but <laughs> it was a little bit much in places. But it was awesome. Like I really oh. like. And it, yeah, it was like their their number one movie for a few days, and it's like that's what I feel like Night of the Trolls is. It's just good fun. I stumbled onto a show a couple years ago called The End of the Fucking World, and <laughs> and I and I'm, I watched the first episode, and I watched the second one. Come to find out, it, it was a comic book first, I think, put out by Image. Um, I'm not quite sure on that, but uh, it was a great show. It really was. And like you said, it went to places that were a little heavy. Yeah, this the, uh, day shift did not. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it stars Jamie Foxx, and it's basically about vampire hunters in California. And yeah, it it was just a fun, like, over the top, goofy movie. And I, <laughs> I enjoyed pretty much every, just about every second of it. And it's got Snoop Dogg in it. So, I mean, how bad can it be? And then. The, uh, at one point, Jamie Foxx goes to see his like ex or something. I thought this was great. And she's like, "Is it true that you live in a complex with a porn star?" He's like, "It's the Valley. They live among us." <laughs> that was a great <laughs> reference. <laughs> uh, that's hysterical. So, Nate, I know you brought it up, but I. So, did, are you watching the new Game of Thrones? I did. I, my wife and I watched um, yesterday uh, first first episode, and yeah, we did. Do, but do you have a question, or do you? Yeah. Well, if you want to talk, just because you're actually like, are we going to review? I was like, not a huge Game of Thrones guy, but also there's so many other like Game of Thrones channels. I was like, I'm not even going to get in, in in into that pool because I think so many people cover it. But uh, what did you think as far as uh, compared to the you know? The original Game of Thrones, how is House of the Dragon so far stacking up to the uh, original Game of Thrones? It, it was it was it was good. It was gory. We, my wife and I, especially my wife, forgot how much gore there was. Um, I mean, like just some brutal ones, like oh, like it's HBO, <laughs> baby. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. I mean, it was. I think it was a good setup for what's coming. I mean, if you remember, well, if you didn't watch, but the first Game of Thrones episode. You know, the little beginning part was definitely uh, got your attention, but it, it took a little time to build up, and you know, and then 
winter is coming, you know, and you had no idea how impactful that statement would be, but as the series went on, it, like, really developed, so it was, it was good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of these kind of sci-fi fantasies, The Witcher, uh, Wheel of Time, I think Lord of the Rings is coming out, I want to say there's something else. Um, I, I really dig these kind of fantasy things. Um, is another nice escape, and I really, there's a project that I wrote that has to do with, like, Josh and I's childhood, not childhood, what would you call it, when we were younger, and, um, yeah, but it, it, I like Game of Thrones because there's so many pieces moving around, and it's so unexpected when something happens, you know, like, when you have a traditional arc of a movie, you you know what's going to happen. You can see it's coming. Um, and life isn't like that. <laughs> right. So um, that's one thing I, I wrote. A, I started writing. I wrote a pilot for a TV show. Um, and that's a story that's kind of close. To, I know I'm pretty sure to Josh's heart, to my heart. And maybe that will develop one day as well. I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, but it's that whole world building and the in- the intricacies of relationships and things that happen. It's just really, uh, that's a, a talent I would love to learn and develop. It's, that it's, it's amazing. I, I don't know. I, just reflecting back on Game of Thrones, you just, you didn't know what was going to happen in the next episodes. You're like, well, I gotta watch. <laughs> yeah, well, I know it got to the point, but like, who's dying today, right? <laughs> Yeah, what 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 main character is gonna is gonna get killed in some brutal fashion? So, uh, yeah, I I got into it for a little bit, but it's one of those things where, and I was so far behind, I was like, you know what, I'll just go like YouTube, you know, some Game of Thrones channel, and you know, I'll I'll, I'll hear all about it. You know, some of the stuff I do that for, some of the stuff I don't. But uh, you did bring up Lord of the Rings, which is one of the things that we really don't talk about too much. Uh, but they have a new uh, uh, Amazon Prime has a new Lord of the Rings, even though it's not really Lord of the Rings. They kind of just made it up. Some people are calling it fan fiction. Uh, are you going to check that one out, or Josh? Or how how about you? Is there anything that uh, nerdy wise that you're that you're interested in right now, or you're watching? No, I watched She Hulk last night. That was pretty funny, hilarious. Did you like it? Uh, we, we reviewed it on the last exactly, episode. Did you like right? it? It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't tell like, the some, some people are ripping it apart. I'm like, okay, besides the super, like, feminist part, I was like, it was a fine show. Like, I'm not going to sit there and tear it apart, you know, like, like some of the Marvel stuff. But it was just like, it was a goofy, fun show. Like, Right. It was fun. It was a fun, yeah. funny, yeah. It's, it's like Adam was saying, it, it's what the She-Hulk comic is supposed to be. It's supposed to be more lighthearted. It's supposed to be comedy. Fourth wall breaking, the whole thing. It was just like, was it a masterpiece? No. It's a first episode. We'll see how it goes. But as a first episode, I was like, not not entirely sure what all the hoopla is about. So. Yeah, I liked it. I had a really good time with that show. Hey, did you check out She-Hulk? I did. I did. And I like what you guys said. Um, just having a good time. It's like I used to write movie reviews. And I, I, I don't know if I said this last time, but it's so easy to be critical of something. And it's so hard to make something. 100%. And it's, it's when I was writing reviews, 
I got to the point where I was like, was I entertained? It doesn't have to be amazing. You know, I could sit there and try to give a schematic breakdown. Was I entertained? Yes. You know, and then it got to the point of like, I want to try and make a movie. It's a lot freaking harder than reviewing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, I, you and I are in lockstep with that because there's so many channels. I think it's just so easy to call something a piece of crap. And that's like, I was like, but you like, well, let's hear reasons. Well, it sucks. I was like, well, tell me why it sucks. Like, you have to have reasons. You can't just, it's such an easy cop out for so many people just go, well, it sucks. And here's one example. I was like, well, one example doesn't mean the entire thing sucks. Like, Josh is an amazing cook, like hands down amazing. To like taste something and be like, oh, this is, you know, whatever. But like to make something consistently good and josh josh can like cook with his eyes closed on one foot <laughs> with a rolling pin it would be better than most people's food <laughs> we have like little food wars but it's like that creating you know like it's easy to be critical you know oh, right. this isn't taste good and you know but like how can you i mean that goes i guess you can roll that right back into comics how do you make something consistently good and it's like I feel like I'm just going to say it out. I feel like we have something good, and it's like having a party, right? Josh can, can relate to this. You have a party. Well, how do you get people to the party? You know, like right. the DJ is good. You know, everybody's dancing. But how do we get more people to the party? You know, like Josh cooks something, invites people over. Man, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Make some more. You know, like I, I, I don't know if that's a, a fair analogy, but um, – it is like creating something and it's so many people want to shoot down or be critical and none of them have half of a skill set to create something comparable. And I don't know, I don't know if that's judgmental, but it, when people, when I do some kind of form of art, people judge it and I'm like, when's the last time you did some art? You know, well, yeah, like, it's, it's, and that's, and that's exactly it. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, uh, we wanted to start the show sort of, to start this channel because like i said it's it's super easy to be critical it's not it, it's not hard to throw on a camera and say oh yeah your thing sucks move you know next it's like well if you're going to be critical at least like have some depth of knowledge as to what you are being critical of you know some people are oh the cgi sucks i was like you know how hard it is to do like moderately realistic looking cgi and i was like you have no idea like that was one of the things during COVID, like, I took, like, you know, some of the 3D, you know, on YouTube, I took some of the 3D uh, tutorial things to, on, uh, I can't remember the name of the program off the top of my head, but uh, one of the uh, 3D programs, I was like, that shit's incredibly difficult. Like, if you, you can't just open up one of those programs and, like, play around with it and fix it. I was like, no, it took, like, literally a week of me watching YouTube tutorials in order to make a donut with sprinkles <laughs> on a plate and it was it was so technical and you know just having these youtube be like oh that's that looks like crap you know your cgi for she hulk looks like crap i was like you can't do that i know you can't do that you know why because you're on youtube you know and yep. it's just uh i think it's just so incredibly easy to sit there and just be critical and you know i know all, all these guys are making a boatload of money and you know, Adam and I are sitting here with, you know, X amount of, you know, subscribers. They got hundreds of thousands. I was like, uh, it's just, I, I, but I know exactly what you're, where you're coming from, where you're just like, 
And what are you doing? What are you contributing, you know, contributing to the world here besides just saying, you know, this thing sucks? Is are you are you offering up any way to fix it? Are you offering up any way to, you know, to anything? Or are you just putting out more shit into the world? Put more gas on the fire and going ah yeah and saying ah I did that. And it's like no, you you literally contributed nothing, and that's and oh, that's what, why, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the reasons I, I get frustrated. It's one of the reasons we started this channel because I was like, it, there's too many guys just saying that, sh you know, something sucks. And I was like, well, can we get a little more context? You know, do you have any idea, like, how, like, how to edit an action scene, how to edit, a, you know, a drama scene, how to, you know, frame something up so it looks dumb or looks good or looks stupid, you know? You know, a little, I, a little technical perspective. Not that I have a ton, but I've got some experience, so... I can sit there and say, oh, yeah, I know why they edited it that way, why they shot that that way, you know, and why they transitioned from this scene to this scene. I, I can say that. You know, a lot and of there's always people, like, in those mainstream world that have oh, somebody right. to, you know, stick themselves into it, stick their nose kind of into it. I don't know how you guys feel about the movie Batman v Superman, but we were talking about writing earlier and somebody critiquing it. I really like this movie, but I can't stand the theatrical cut. And I'll tell you why. They added 20 minutes to this movie, and all of a sudden the movie made sense. And there was one little cotter pin that they just left out. So Batman is branding these guys, right? You know, if you remember in the movie. And these guys are getting murdered as a result. So now Superman and Batman have this conflict amongst each other. In the director's cut, they actually show Ayatollah, the, the, uh, the KG beast, showing up into the Metropolis prison with a stack of money and paying a guy to go kill the dude with the bat brand on him. He was orchestrating the whole thing. Then they also left out the part that when he goes, I, I fr I'm afraid, Lois, I wasn't looking for the bomb. He couldn't see it. It was encased in lead. But they don't tell you that in the original and the theatrical cut. So I think right. when they leave bits and pieces out like that, and people are like, "What?" I remember going, I remember getting a bootleg copy of it before it came out. My buddy and I, Tony, saw it at the theater, and we're watching. It. I'm like, "This is a good movie right now." Yeah, this is a really good movie. And by the end of it, so it's like, I feel that producers and everything who step in, they don't always know what's right and what's, you know, to take away from something. Look at the Spider-Man movies, you know? Yep. And that's my soapbox for today. <laughs> and I was, I was going to mention, have you guys seen Nope? I have I, not yet. I have not. But, uh, what did you think of that? I've, I've heard some mixed reviews of that one. I really liked it. I read an article before that had no spoilers. And... Um, I liked it because it wasn't your average Hollywood movie. And I liked it because he said something like, "You, it seems like in today's cinema, you have to feed the audience all the answers. And he's like, and it's like, I'm not doing that in this movie. And there was one thing, and I won't say it, that stood out. And it's like, but why? What is, what, why is that happening? And you want to know. But since I read that, you're not getting the answer. I mean, and it's prominently featured multiple times. And it's like, I, I just appreciate sometimes the, the not so, um, 
reused, recycled forms of storytelling. It's that story right. it, it is just something completely different, and it it that's it's almost a joy just to watch it because it's like it, it's once again over the top and it, it it gets you a couple times and it's like you know it, it it's fun and it, like that's what I think is missing a lot of times is we're so used to like getting the same garbage over and over again it's like sure you know I'll have another sip of this you know whatever Kool-Aid and it's it, yeah I, I was I don't even I don't even know how to say it without giving up too much, but I, I really enjoyed it in the aspect that it was completely different and I had no idea what I was going to see. Cool. Well and I think you made a good point is um there's almost been a dumbing down or at least uh the appearance of dumbing down to audiences where the you have to be spoon fed every single morsel of, you know, plot point. You're like, No, I can I can cognitively put stuff together here. I just need the puzzle pieces, you know. And yeah. I think, uh, like you said, that that was a good point. And I've heard that a lot, too, where, um, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, I don't know where this is going. And then at the end, be like, yeah, okay, now we're putting the pieces together. And then, but I think, uh, I don't know, did you see the uh, Prey, the new Predator movie on Hulu? There was, there was one point, and this was on, uh, the Critical Drinker made a, this point, where, you know, at one point she's gearing up for the final battle with the Predator and, you know, she's putting on the war paint and she and she audibly says, you know, you know, you didn't see me as a threat, but I, you know, now I'm a threat. And we're like, we're, you're going to war. Like, we saw that you're like, you, that need, need to be said. You know, that was, you know, certain things were like, no, you're going to sit here and you're going to eat this thing because you didn't know that's what we were saying. But like, you, you're literally showing her get it gearing up for battle we know we know she's a threat you know you spent you know the last 20 minutes of her throwing her hatchet with a with a rope on it we that pretty decently but it's just certain points where it's like you just gotta let your audience you know you, you have to assume your audience has some level of intellect you know to follow a story i think that's what uh, adam was saying though it's like the producers you know it's it who makes these calls last minute and I've heard read stories of, you know, movies being cut and things happening and changing and, um, you know, last minute people like, you know, this isn't even the movie I signed up to make, you know, and it's all the producers. And I mean, I, I guess, you know, I can be considered, I've been a producer on movies. I can be considered a producer on this, but, um, I think people do make poor decisions sometimes. I don't know if it's, in the, the scope of making money, but it's like, uh, it's like why did you do that? <laughs> exactly. Well, well, that was one of the things that came out of uh, was it the Boston Fan Expo where Ewan McGregor was doing a panel and basically confirmed what was rumored for the Kenobi series like months before where that story was supposed to be a Luke and Kenobi story, not a Leia and Kenobi. You know, that was one of those things that got changed at the last minute and then they had to go through all the rewrites and everybody's like, well, that'd have been that have made way more sense than a an Alea and Kenobi story, and yeah. it was just one of those things where, like I said, some executive somewhere said, "No, we're not doing this. We're going to do this," and for whatever whatever reason they wanted to do it, then that that's what they did. Did you guys Did you guys see my um, my Mandalorian? 
No. <laughs> let's let's see it's, what we got here, Nick. Next, pull, pull it up on um, what you just saying, Star Wars. Pull it up on Instagram. It'd be easier there to see. There we go. Can any can you guys see? <laughs> So I have a very bizarre sense of humor, and I, uh, I thought this was appropriate somehow. I was laughed at by a couple people uh, with, with the concept. Not even I've been laughed at many more times since, but, you know, is this the way or is this is the way? Josh, you got to put up with this guy. What did you say? Josh, you got to put up with this all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, think, it's not the way. I, I think you said. I think you said me to be like, that's, that's some way. I hope it's not the way because that would uh, that would get awkward. But yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I don't. I, I don't know if I have anything else to say. I know I gotta um, get with the family here for dinner in a little bit. But yeah, yeah can't can thank not... you enough for coming back. Yeah, we can glad to have you too, Josh. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Josh, thanks for uh, joining us this time. And, yeah, let's uh, – you guys can throw out the website and plus, uh, obviously, the Instagram and all that. So uh, whoever wants to do that. Um, just that of the Chihuahuas, one word for Instagram and Facebook. And then that of the Chihuahuas.com for the website. Website is pretty minimal, uh, but most of, the, most of our stuff is for sale on there. So please visit, support. Um, and you know, joining on social media, really appreciate that. Um, I wanted to thank a couple people. Uh, Ryan TL did a video for us recently. Uh, Janimal, who did the Mando thing. Uh, JT draws the mutant, mutant pups for us. Uh, he's been doing that for a while. Uh, Deadlights, DJ Kerchek, Cora, uh, Andre from Sneaker Vandal. Jeremy from Bay Love, Anthony Anna, Sophia Cox, and Jennifer Court, who goes by Murder Face Incorporated, um, has has uh, gotten in touch. And um, how many sponsors you got, Nate? I just want to give people love because they I mean like so this this person on Facebook, Jennifer Court, she's an artist, and she's been on our page forever. She supports us. We support her back. Uh, she goes and does uh, shows in the Pacific Northwest, but she just said, "Hey, I want to do something for you guys for free." And um, Josh has this idea of a Chihuahua with a broken uh, Friday the Thirteenth mask over its face. Wow. So, um, so we're gonna see we're either that or an homage to Night of the Living Dead. But um, I just think it's cool because people want to participate, want to support indie comics. Um, you know, some people have come to us and asked for outrageous amounts of money, and it's just like that's cool. I can't do it. I don't have it. I, I want to play. I want to participate. Uh, as Josh said, I want to be kill. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like yeah. uh, Cart Cartman on South Park. I just want to be kill. So, um, <laughs> but we we can't do all that. I mean, it's it sounds cool. I mean, but we're not. That we're not that, and I, you know, I can't pay three hundred dollars a page, or you know, people asking for a thousand dollars a cover. We, we can't do that. If you were, if you were one of the top artists in the world, and you were going to make our comic book, maybe, but I'd have to get that approved to Josh. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh probably goes, 
it's not not in the bank account right now for that. So. <laughs> Get, uh, Greg Capullo wants to draw the cover. We got to pay him a thousand dollars. If you got a crowdfund that, I'll chip in for that. Yeah, no, but I mean, for real, like if you had a if you had an artist that had like a hundred thousand followers, and you paid him a thousand dollars to do a cover, and what ten percent of those people bought a comic just to get their cover? That's wow. good business, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mean what? Ten percent, hundred, ten thousand, ten thousand people, or you know, even five percent would be cool. <laughs> I don't want to be greedy, but well, be and, greedy. And, and and that's a big thing with especially social media, YouTube, the whole thing. Where, yeah, you might have you know a million subscribers. That doesn't mean they're getting a million likes or you know, it, it's it's all a numbers game because even especially on Instagram, I've had some decent reels that do you know fairly well, but. Out of the, let's say, 10,000 views, you have something, you might get 200 likes. You know, so what is that? Barely even a percentage point of anything. So, you know, like I said, is it worth the, you know, you're, you're hoping to get, you know, a per, you know, a couple percentage points. But it, at the end of the day, it's like, man, that's, that's a gamble. That's tough because a lot of that stuff is people just, you know, scrolling all day like, you know, anybody sitting on the wherever in the living room or wherever they're they're just scrolling looking and just consuming i'm gonna challenge my i'm gonna channel my inner josh right now and say hope doesn't make comic books get made (laughs) 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 you can hope all you want (laughs) wish wish in one hand right yep 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 uh... all right guys unless uh you got anything else to say? I think we're going to start to wrap it up. So, Thanks wanna... a lot, fellas, for coming on. Yeah, thank you thank guys you. so much. Anytime you guys want to come on, uh, you have an open invitation. Nate, you said you, you want to pop on on occasion and nerd out. Probably okay. Josh, you want to come on talk about stuff? Hit us up. No problem. I know we were, we were talking a little bit before the show about graded comics and all that. And Actually, I, I did have a quick question. How? What's the turnaround time? get graded comics now so I, i've heard so many varying uh stuff because because you you got you got some pretty good books coming back to, uh to you right now yeah but it, i guess it depends on what you have on it. i think the remarks are going to take the longest um how long has it been fan fusion was the end of may that was on a fast pass so three months i didn't do, I didn't do the fast pass Oh, I just okay. sent them. I have too many to send in. Oh, then yours are going to be a minute. We got fast pass on ours. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm thinking maybe around Christmas time. And you oh, sent wow. them in at, at, you said May? Yeah. Yeah, so ooh, six, six month turnaround. I, have, six, I, I put in um, first appearance of Deadpool. First Monica Rambo, first Bond, first Angela, first number one Spirit Rider, something else. Oh, uh, first uh, Black Cap, African American Cap. Sorry, I don't want to be in a career, but I put those in a year ago, just about 10, 11 months ago. And uh, that's through CDCS, not Fast Track. And, um, you come back faster through them. 
Yeah, and it's I, I talked to one of the shop owners, Jake Justice, today, and he um, he said it's just how it is, and it's going to be like that on 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 average at least eight to ten months, if not more, because so many people are trying to get things graded down. And oh, we we with DJ Kerchek, uh, we're asking him to do some sketch covers, and he is going to send them in and hopefully get them fast past. Uh, Send through, and um, and we'll see. We'll see how long it takes. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I know it. Uh, I think it was not this stream, but a couple streams ago, uh, we were talking about some of the issues that we had with some of the CGC. I'm not the biggest uh, fan of graded comics. It's just I, I like I said, by the time you get it back, it's like, and and how much is it like per per book now to get one graded? I don't even remember. <laughs> And I want to. Was it sixty? Might have been because there's is if there's and there's a fee to do the rush too, which is like another fifteen or twenty bucks. So, whatever you get, and then you add that on top. And then if you get get it signed, you got to pay the guy to stand with you in line, twenty dollars a signature. (sighs) For the eyewitness. Adds up pretty quick, and that's hoping you get. I mean, what's like, what is it even worth? I mean, I know certain older books, it's not as much uh, as big a deal to get like an eight or something, but you're looking for nine, at least 9.6 and above, right? Or at least that's what, you're, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like I, I brought out some of my slabs. I don't know if I should show them, but like, um, here's a. This is. Infinity War, or Infinity Warps, Ghost Panther. So it's like uh, Black Panther and Ghost Rider together. Right. It's not worth the comic book itself is not worth hardly anything. Right. <laughs> but it's but it's slapped and it's like oh that's cool I'll, I'll buy that. But like something like you got a uh, Ironheart number one, and she's gonna be in um, the Black Panther movie as well as her own series. I thought that was a good investment, but yeah, I mean, if it falls below nine point six, it just kind of loses its value. Yeah, it's it's pretty much not worth it at that point. But by the yeah. time you, like you said it's, you know, depends if you if they're signed, you know, it's all right. You know, sign and remark if they're you know, as long as they're in the high eights, I think it'd be all right. But I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but I was uh, I followed Jim Lee on Instagram. I was looking. He had a couple posts where the guys actually had basically like a square as to here sign only in this area please and it was just like oh like it's getting kind of demanding <laughs> because yeah. you know they they obviously know know the cdc game where if he just you know scribbles his name across the cover then yeah it's signed but you're covering up a really nice you know probably one of the better covers and i guess that even takes away a little bit so it's just there, there's 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 you know the the game inside the game, if you will, when it comes to to graded comics. And, and there's and there's like this. Last one I was going to show today. Um, so th- sometimes you just kind of come across a rare deal. I think this one's worth about two hundred bucks. And the guy, when I ordered it, <laughs> he, he had a trouble with shipping, and um, ended up giving it to me for like hundred and twenty bucks. I was like, man. Eh. I'll take it. I mean, it's not even anything special. I just love the artwork. You know, Josh, Josh, and all his studies. You know, it's like 
variant covers are such a big deal now, but really they won't hold their value long term. So it's well, like you have you have to really like the artist. <laughs> well, and and I think a lot of people learn their lessons. I know uh, Nate, you were collecting image stuff back in the day. Uh, I know Adam, you remember this when Gen thirteen, issue thirteen, had thirteen variant covers. No, that was issue number one. Issue was that was that issue number one? Okay. Yeah, issue no, oh, issue yeah, thirteen yeah. did, did three, three, three issues. Right. No, it, it was actually thirteen A, thirteen B, thirteen C, and they were all one congruent story. Grunge sold his soul for a comic. Yeah. But anyway, Gen thirteen number one had thirteen variant covers, and all of them by you know completely different artists. And I remember at the time there were some you know there was a one cover that was. Uh, the takeoff of the Rolling Stone, uh, what's her name? The Janet Jackson cover, you know, where the guy's yeah. holding her, you know, covering her breast. And I was like, and that was that was a hot comic at the time. I mean, for obvious reasons, but um, yeah. Nowadays, I mean, no one, no one cares about those now. I'm pretty sure I have that one though. I've got that. I got the spider. I think I got the Spider Man one. I know I got the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I, it's just. At the time, those were hot comics, and those were, you know, ungraded. You know, you were paying, if you really wanted, 60, 70, 80, uh, you know, above. 20 years later, everybody's like, who's Gen 13, and why do I care about, you know, this random cover? So it's just uh, just like everything else. It's 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 a market, and you got to strike. Like you said, you, you got the iron heart because, hey, this might be in a few months. This might be a hot book. Who knows? Uh, might not be. Who knows? Yeah. So I got it. I got it for twenty bucks, so you right. really can't beat that. <laughs> no, but you know, it, but you know, so it's a minimal risk. But at the same time, it's like, hey, this this might be a thing, or this might not be a thing. And you know, ho hopefully, I hey, I, I hope you make a, a you know couple hundred bucks a, a grand off it. But uh, it's just comic books have become such a a fickle fickle market. It, it's gotten it's good but, saturated. Yeah, and and honestly, that's why I don't even really mess with the grade to comics i've got one grade to comic which is the last ronin number one but it's just a no josh josh is a tmnt what <laughs> we're just finding this out that's every what, that's strike what... another one another time yeah so every, never, story never I go show, to, but... every story i go to if i find a tmnt title i will take pictures and, and text it to him <laughs> Uh, that, that's one of the things I've, I've actually been getting back into because I was like, turtles are cool, man. I don't care what you say. But, yeah, they all are. Right. <laughs> but, all right, guys, we got to let you go. Thank you so much for joining us. And actually, if it's okay, I'm going to uh, let you guys go, and Adam and I are going to stay on. So, thank you guys so much. Go check out Night of the Chihuahuas. Go to Pork Chop Express over on Instagram. Show them some love. Give them some uh, subscribes. And we'll see you guys later. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good one, guys. So, and then there were two. Mm. We're still streaming, though, yeah? Yeah, we're still on. Hi, Planet Houston. Hi, everybody. So, yeah. Hi, uh, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, thank you so much. I keep interrupting you. Please. <laughs> Say what you're going to say. Uh, Swan, it's a big 
Shout out to Nate and Josh for joining us from Night of Chihuahuas. Uh, if you can, if you are a fan of indie comics or comics in general, uh, go to our website, buy a couple issues, tell your friends. Uh, great guys, fun comic book, support them. So uh, we we've support them. We've got we've got their comics, and I can't wait for the next issue. And it, honestly, you know, they said it's going to be a five issue run, which I think is honestly probably the smart way because trying to just have these ongoing series and you're like i do not care about the story anymore i'm just buying the comic i'm a fan and yeah. you know, it's like tv shows that have a limited run it's like they have they know when to how when to tell the story and not just drag it out and um i, I think that's probably the best way to go just say hey five stories tell our story and then move on to the next project so well, no, and, and I agree because for so long, comic books have been the minute you start reading it, you're in the middle and you yes. never get out of the middle. You can go back and read the beginning and then, you, then you're in the middle and the end never comes. Well, that's, and that was always, that, honestly, that was my biggest thing in when I started collecting comics and even throughout, you know, the entire time, like when do you jump in? You know, and or right. do you, or do you jump in? Sometimes, I, you know, there's a lot of comics that I I was like, yeah, from a distance, I was like, that'd be fun to read. But I was like, I just you, there's so much of a history, there's so much going on. Um, that's one of the reasons that I thought Image was so cool because everything was starting this this whole universe is starting yeah. new, and that's why I dived into the Image comics. And uh, and that's one of the reasons you know said on Sunday, I'm so excited that they're. Uh, starting another Wildcats uh, run. No idea how long it's supposed to be. I'm sure it's in an article somewhere, but I'm just excited to see some more Wildcats because those are one of my favorite guys. And don't and so they're yeah, but they're just a rip off of the X Men. Well, yeah, I don't care. They're still fun. everybody's a rip off of the X Men. Uh, so every, everybody's a rip off of something. So whatever. Don't 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 at me, bro. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm excited and. It's funny because uh, did you watch any of the YouTube videos talking about uh, the new stuff coming out of DC? From you? No, from I was just wondering because uh, Thinking Critical West, uh, who has a great channel talking about comics, kind of says kind of what we were thinking is some of this new news with the Mark Silvestri and not necessarily the Wildcat stuff, but even though I'm maybe I'm just more excited about that, is that more? Uh, some of that Zaslav effect where he's actually, he actually put out a video today where he was talking about how he had, he's got a friend who is one of the, uh, in accounting for, I think WB and, you know, Zaslav has already gone through the movies. He's gone through Warner brothers. You know, he's been slashing and cutting it. Everybody's wondering is when is he going to get to DC and who's going to be in trouble? And well, guess what? He's at DC. He he's there right. He's doing it right now. So they are. Hasn't know, they, he been doing it though? I mean, they they, but, they put the kibosh on Batgirl. Now it's at the uh, animated series. But the but we're talking at the DC Comics level. You know, that oh, was, that, was, that was the good. entertainment level. All the movies. Now this is like I said. I don't like calling for people's shops, but and I love Jim Lee. But hey, Jim, it might be time to go. And the, that entire they, staff needs to be gutted. Well, that that's, that's I don't mean like everybody murdered. 
I mean, like, not like you, but like I mean, you would remodel a house gutted. But it, it's basically uh, Wes's video talked about how essentially the two accounting uh, departments are talking to each other, and they're going to strictly go off numbers. Be like, uh, these comics are not selling. Why are these selling? Why aren't these selling? Hey, and it's like, uh, and they're basically, well, how long, how far back can you go? And they're like, we can go back 30, you know, sales figures from 30 years ago. You know, it's like, oh, okay. So we can see, you can see, you know, the pie chart or the, the line graph of, uh, well, when this person took over, well, it did that. And why, you know, and why haven't you done anything to fix it? So uh, it's actually a really good video. I suggest you go uh, check that video out and go subscribe to Wes's channel. Thinking Critically does a fantastic job. He has no idea who I am, and that's okay, but I think he does a fantastic job uh, talking about comics. But it does get back to something that, Adam, sometimes we're, we know what we're talking about, and sometimes we're right. And it's sometimes like, hey, hey. Yeah, see? You know, sometimes we know. Sometimes we can, we can see what's happening. Yeah. And, but the 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 Reaper is at the door of DC Comics in the name of Zaslov, and um, if you were if you were expected or wanted changes at DC Comics, it's probably coming. It's probably coming fairly soon. Yeah, careful what you wish for, because something's going to change that you're not going to like. I, I want the change. Something's going to change that I'm not going to like too. But whatever. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It, Can't it, get what you want all the time. Can't get everything. Well, it, it's one of those things like we, you know, I've said before. I am under no illusion that Zaslov cares about the comic books. The man wants to make money. He wants he wants the DC brand to be profitable and be strong. But That's he has a vision, though, too. He want, he right. does care about the characters and their integrity. Well, he cares about he cares about the brand. I don't think I have read nothing about Zaslov actually caring about comic books or comic book characters. He cares about the brand, and that's one of the reasons Batgirl was, you know, completely wiped off the face of the planet. I'll get to that in one second. Because he wants to keep the brand strong. And Correct. he doesn't and he doesn't want to embarrass the brand. Right. We need somebody like that. Right. So and but I'm just saying he's not a nerd. You know, he's not he's not he's not doing it because he likes comic books or comic books. Thank movies. God. Nerds right. make shitty movies. They, but, uh, I mean, I, I mean, the only exception to that would be Kevin Feige, maybe, uh, maybe uh, the other guy over at Star Wars, um, Favreau. But I mean, uh, I, there's a just be, just because I'm, you know, the world's greatest, you know, Batman fan. I probably, I'm not gonna make a great, I might not make a great Batman movie. You know what right. I mean? I, I certainly shouldn't be in charge of an entire division of superheroes because I got a He-Man shirt on. You know yeah, because I, mean? I like just because I like to play with toys doesn't mean I should make toys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but there, so. there is some interesting news coming out about uh, some of the movies and some of the entertainment stuff. So essentially, uh, the J.J. Abrams-backed uh, animated show is dead. Well, it's not dead; it's dead at Warner Brothers. It's being shopped around to other networks, but it's in other things. No, it's still. It's it's still this is one of the, the things that JJ Abrams did very smartly is all his shit. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, you know rights and all that. It's still a JJ Abrams bad robot production. 
So he can still go take it somewhere else. And take, so I think I would say probably the best bet would probably be like a Cartoon Network or maybe maybe a Hulu, something like that. But it's not, it's not going it, to, it will not be on HBO Max. That's, that's the bottom line. Okay. Um, and then, so remember when I, I said that the Batman or the Batgirl movie was on someone's hard drive somewhere? Yes. It's not. Oh. <laughs> so the directors, once they found out, and I, I can't remember their name right now, but as they went and tried to go to the servers and try and pull it off somewhere, and by the time they got to the servers, it was already nuked and wiped off the servers. So Zaslov does not freaking play. Walk around. <laughs> wow. Now, I, I'm... I'm still convinced that it is sitting on some editor's home server somewhere. You know, I, I, I'm sure I'm I'm sure it's got to be somewhere. But as far as the the Warner Brothers servers, it was gone by the time they went to go get it. And you know, they probably were hopefully in the first view to find out the the news of their Batgirl project. But my friend, it was gone. Like not wow. not not. Just like, oh, you know, the couple of scenes were done, but like the entire project was wiped. From... Oh. Talking about... I want to see it one day. Don't get me wrong, but it's got to be somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. It's. I think it's bad. That's my. I opinion. think it's terrible. No one. No one has said anything good about it. No one. But I'm wondering no. what she's like in it. I would love to see, yes, one, I'd like to see some test screening stuff because I know there, there's got to be some of that around. Zoe Deutsch should have been cast as Batgirl. That's all there is to it. So I'm happy this. I really hope they're going to fucking stop this Black Canary bit of uh, debauchery too. Yeah, I think essentially anything J.J. Abrams has done or was going to do is going to be wiped. Um, the Superman with him and Tadisi Coates, or other, otherwise known as the Black Superman movie, that's basically dead. Um, he didn't even have the fucking smarts to do Valzad. Well, it's not only that; it's just one of those. Tadisi Coates is not a comic book writer; he's a writer, writer, and he was. The rumor is, is he wasn't even. Like he, he was so far behind on what they need to do, to even get production going. It just became, yeah, we're it's not even we're not even going to attempt to even move wow. it into any type of production phase. You know, past pre-production, or is, you know, barely. It might even be pre-pre-production. You know, just to have something to shoot. But yes, uh, so that's kind of the rumors uh, going around. So but that was interesting. It's all good news. As far as I'm concerned, so, yeah. uh, I did post a couple other things. What would happen if some some new owner came in and took over the Lions and was like, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. By the way, we're going to lose every fucking game right now. You're out, you're out, you're out. You know what I mean? And then built a team. Oh, that's basically what uh, he's doing. Yeah, that's, that's basically what uh, my guy, MCDC, and Brad Holmes have done. Uh, Dan Campbell, Motor City Dan Campbell. Uh, okay, so one thing. Let's see here. So, 
uh, I think I posted this last night. So the Sandman season two has it already been canceled? And that's disappointing. Uh, and this is uh, I forget where this is from. Where it's from? Oh, from Giant Freaking Robot. Um, and basically, uh, Neil Gaiman even posted uh, that it might be simply that the production is too expensive as it is. So uh, this is from his Twitter because Sandman is a real expensive show, and for Netflix to release the money to let us make another season, we have to perform incredibly well. So, yes, we've been the top show in the world for the last two weeks. That still not be, uh, may not be enough. So uh, we'll see. I, obviously, I know uh, if you're a fan of the same man in general, then it's disappointing. But certain times it just comes down to that's got to be an incredibly expensive show to produce. Yes. So I see we're getting a Captain Cold figure. Yeah, I saw that. I was. Uh, it's going to be one of the Page Punchers line from McFarland's. Um, yeah, but, but it, I, said, it said seven inch. Right. Yeah. One of the big page punchers. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, and I think from the McFarland toy, I think they're doing like just a whole flash. I don't know how, how big the line's going to be. Well, there's just going to be a few. See the flash's head. Yeah. I don't, what does that look it's not from? The, it's not the flash. I, well, think that, I think that that's, uh, the crime syndicate one. Um, the fuck is his name? I'm a crime syndicate. I think that Johnny Quick. All right, McFarland more uh, page punchers. The wave of seven inch page punchers will be based on the on a brand new exclusive, oh. the Flash comic. So it looks like it's going to be. The Flash is just uh, on the comic that's uh, yet to be released, but yeah, yeah. I, that, that's a freaking cool mystery. I can't see his face, but that's a cool mystery. Cool. Leonard Snart. You know, his sister is Golden Glider. Yeah. I, I do know that, because that was in the uh, Rogues comic. I just got done reading. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. That's a fun book. Uh, it's three issues, but so, so what's going on with oh okay yeah one other uh bit of news so uh rumors were that the uh robert pattinson batman movies might be getting uh canned but uh reported here from the hollywood reporter matt tomlin is reteaming with matt reeves on a pen reeves to pen a sequel uh for the batman so they're getting ready to write a script for batman too so it is not dead Good. That was that's a good movie. I just watched it the other day. Yeah, that's another one. Like, golly, the freaking the hate that that movie gets. I'm like, oh my gosh. Doesn't like, matter. It, it, it did well. So. Yeah, I mean, it ain't perfect, but I think it, it hit all the the key uh, the key things there. It made money. It wasn't embarrassing. Robert Pattinson was a really good Batman. You may not have liked him as Bruce Wayne, but I, and this is one of the things, and I, I say this, and I think people don't quite know what I'm trying to say when I say at year two Batman, he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. And I thought right. that was fairly clearly well done. And you're like, oh, he's all mopey. He's like, because he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He just wants to be Batman. And, you know, I think some people are just like, 
Yeah, even you in know? Batman Begins, those are Bruce Wayne's guests out there. Yeah. You know. So that's one. I just certain things. Are, people mean, think they know Batman and they fucking don't. Well, it's just. Well, and I know anybody who's watching, I'm probably upset. It'd be like, they're like, the only real Batman is uh, Michael Keaton. It's like, seriously? That's that's your that's your Batman, and that's fine. I think Michael Keaton is an awesome Batman. Don't get me wrong. I love that movie. I love Batman Returns. I think he's one of the more overrated Batmans. I wouldn't say he's overrated, but I would definitely say that he was he was misused for Batman. (laughs) I mean, but it was the beginning. And and not to get too rude, I mean, Michael Keaton. He's okay looking, but he's supposed to be like the playboy. He's supposed to be, you know, really good looking, like like Robert Pattinson, like uh, Christian Bale, like all the other, you know, guys. He's he's meant to be, you know, charming as all hell and good looking and just yeah. everything, you know, everything that a man wants to be. He's that, and I was just, I was like, like, look, I never got that from Michael Keaton. Fine actor, no issues with the acting, but it's just. I think it's more the look of Bruce Wayne for him. You can't, but you can't, and you can't hate on that Batman outfit. You can't hate on it. If you hate on that Batman outfit, you're just wrong. That's that's all there is on that. And how? Yeah, I don't know. Batman '89 is like lightning in a bottle to me. So it it on it, it really is because that you know talk about you know Blade kicking off the MCU. But man, I remember when I was a kid waiting in line to go see the. Uh, Batman in 1989. We went in a drive-through theater, and we there we waited in such a long line. <laughs> yeah, and if you remember, everything was Batman, 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 everything. Batman, everything. It and was this, Batmania, and this was after a very successful run of Superman movies. So for for Batman to sweep in and really take all that fun. Mm-hmm. But all right, Adam, it's getting late. All right, um, sir. I think it it was a lot of fun. Even the, our little after show here was fun. So well, this is uh, fantastic. Yeah, I just want to thank all the subscribers that we that we have, all the viewers, all the watchers, everybody who contributes to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to interact with us or see what we might be talking about on the next show, just follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam. Also, obviously, we are on YouTube. But if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. It helps the channel a lot. And we are on all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Music, Audible, and Google. <laughs> Any last words, Adam? Uh, yeah, get ready for the uh, Booster Gold Blue Beetle uh, action figure review. I'm excited about it. I'm putting a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. And uh, you can expect this sort of format to improve as the action figure reviews go further. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at Man Bat after that. But right now, we're going to talk about Booster Gold and the Blue Beetle. And I'm going to be doing, I'm going to try and get some comic book reviews, but also I'm going to be doing a video called Why I Did Not Back the Cobra Hits. Wow. And Adam helped a lot with that. So, uh, but that'll be stuff for later. But uh, before we go, Thank you to Nate and uh, Josh for joining us on the show tonight. And please, please, please go help those guys out. Go pick up an issue of Night of Chihuahuas and check out for 
uh, some of their future projects, like Killer Hair coming out. And uh, just show all those guys all the love and support. Pick up a pair of shoes. I don't know. I might. Those things look awesome. So, but Arnett, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Love you, Planet Houston. Night, America.